0: hey black rock so great to be with you my name is kevin and uh i'm so glad that i get to to share uh with you this morning uh or wherever you're watching today uh here we are it's the 27th of December we are in the final stretch of what has to be one of the most memorable years that we can ever imagine. It's almost 2021. This is the time of year when we usually see the year in review Uh, all over the news and entertainment where we're talking about the best movies of the past year, about sports accomplishments, about what has happened in the political arena and other national events, and we kind of review all of them and celebrate them. Well, this year is obviously really different. It has been really different, at least uh, since last March. 2020 is a year to remember for sure or really a year to forget. Most of us are so ready to move on from 2020. And we are all hoping that 2021 is a whole lot better. So today, though, I want to talk about the the reality that, that we wanted to move on, but sometimes it's about letting go and moving on. And I think that there are certain lessons in scripture that we can learn about how to do this well. How do we, how do we let go in order? to move on really well and if you're like me we are ready to let go of 2020 and to move on into the next season hoping that with God it will be a whole lot better. So let's look at these scriptural lessons that we can briefly today. So if you can I'd love to have you turn with me to the book of Philippians chapter 3. We're going to read verses 12 through 14. This is where the apostle Paul is writing to the church in the city of Philippi, and he's exhorting them through a lot of different things, and we're going to pick it up in verse 12 of chapter 3, and then we'll break it down a little bit. Paul says this. He says in verse 12, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved all these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Verse 13, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. So let's break this down a little bit with us as we learn about letting go and moving on he says this in the verse 12 Paul writes and he goes I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things well what are these things that Paul is talking about that he said he hasn't already achieved in 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 chapter 2 Paul's talking about the humility and servant nature of Christ to which we're called to walk in. Then in chapter 3, he starts talking about all the worldly achievements that which he had attained before he met Jesus. And that they were amazing things that people would see as um, uh, rewards and awards and accolades and achievements. And Paul's saying all of that is garbage. He actually literally says all of that is dung compared to knowing Jesus. And so then Paul talks about receiving um, or achieving maturity in his relationship with Christ Jesus. Now, let me break this down a little bit because we often think about spiritual maturity as how much we know or how much we've grown in knowing certain things and and knowing more about God in theology and scripture is really good. That's not exactly what Paul is talking about here. Paul is talking about his connection with Jesus. He's saying, I've not already reached perfection. That is in his spiritual maturity and his intimacy with Christ. He hasn't reached the fullness of perfection that he wants to in his relationship with Jesus. But then he says, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. That possessing him kind of thing is he's saying, Jesus possessed me. He laid hold of me. That Jesus wants a close connection and a deep relationship. And Paul is saying, I haven't gotten there yet, but I'm going to keep pressing on. I'm going to keep moving forward to get all of that Christ wants me to get because Jesus got a hold of him. He's saying, I want to lay hold of a deeper relationship, a closer connection. I want to know Jesus, not just about Jesus. I want to know him and know him more deeply. And he's pressing on towards that. And he continues and he says this. He goes, no, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it yet, but I focus on one thing, forgetting the past, forgetting his past, forgetting all the mistakes and everything that he has behind him, all the things that people would want to uh, use to to prop him up, or that others would say, these are the best things ever. He goes, no, I need to forget all of that, and I want to look forward to what lies ahead, and I press on. I press on in the race to reach the goal, or the heavenly prize, as it says in this passage, through Christ Jesus is calling us. That's the essence of what Paul is saying. He's saying, I I want to let go and move on. Well, most of us in 2021 are ready to do that. We need to let go and move on, and I think that we need to, and I think it's good, so let's break this down a little bit to realize that that instinct in us, and Paul's talking about here of letting go and moving on, the lesson is this, is that uh, we can see that first thing is that God loves fresh starts. God loves fresh starts. He loves through his son, Christ Jesus, and in him that we get fresh starts. So much so that God knows that we need that. He even instituted a New Year's celebration process in the Old Testament that's focused on letting go and moving on in him. God knows that living in a sinful, a fallen world is often difficult and painful and even traumatic at times. And we need fresh starts. We need those Things. We need to close old chapters in order to write new chapters that God has for us. So you heard me say that God even instituted in this calendar for his people, fresh starts. If you get a chance to sometime over the next few days or weeks, go to the Old Testament book of Leviticus. In chapter 16, but also especially in uh, chapter 23, you'll see where God is giving his people, Israel, this new nation that he has led out of captivity and slavery to become a new people, to become his people and representatives on earth. He gives them certain festivals, celebrations and calendars, uh, things to put on their calendar to celebrate their walk with Christ or their walk with God uh, and their relationship to the world and to each other. And so in verse uh, chapter 23 of Leviticus, Paul gives two festivals that I want to focus on right now. One is the Feast of Trumpets. At the beginning of the Jewish calendar year, it, we know it as Rosh Hashanah or the Feast of Trumpets or the Fellowship of Trumpets. It's a New Year's celebration. I brought today my shofar horn that I had a chance to get in Israel. And this is made out of a ram's horn. And this is the trumpet that it's mentioned here in Leviticus in the Feast of Trumpets. To be blown at Rosh Hashanah to be blown at the beginning of the new year. This was God's idea. This is like the original party horn. And God's saying at the beginning of the year, celebrate with a blowing of the trumpet. That's the first part of the calendar year. And then 10 days later, God has set up what is often called, or we call Yom Kippur in Hebrew, but translated as the Day of Atonement, the Day of Atonement. So the calendar year starts with Rosh Hashanah, the new year, the blowing of the trumpets. It starts with a day of rest and festivity. And then for 10 days after that, then there's the day of atonement. But that's really important to understand that both Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah start with days of rest. And why that's so important is because to a people that had been held in slavery for 430 years that had to work day and night at the will of an oppressive uh, people in Egypt having a day off is huge. That's a big deal, and God is saying, "I want you to put at the beginning of a year a day of rest to celebrate, to blow the trumpets, and to begin the year." But then, for the next ten days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, between New Year's and the Day of Atonement, that was often called the ten days of awe, and they were uh, they were purposeful. In those ten days, those were the ten days that the whole nation of Israel were to spend in reflection and connection. Reflection and connection. God wanted them to spend those 10 days reflecting on the past year of their life and also reflecting on their connection with God and how they were doing in their connection with him. 10 days of reflection and connection. Let me put it this way of what God was setting up. First of all, uh, there's the day of atonement was the day that the high priest would uh, sacrifice uh, a ram and then they would also have a scapegoat. And these were two things and I don't have time to fully break them down, but there are these powerful uh, ways of, of ritually celebrating God's forgiveness. And all of the sin of all of the people of Israel from the past year was laid out on the ram and the scapegoat. It was God's way of forgiving the sins of an entire nation, both individually and collectively. It was God's way of wiping the slate clean every year. And so those 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are called the 10 days of awe, reflection and connection. I kind of liken it like this. Uh, I've got a bucket here, um, and uh, I wish this bucket was even a little bit more dirty because this isn't just like, you know, a pretty pail to walk around with from Pottery Barn, but the bucket I'm talking about was more like a waste bucket, a compost bucket, a chum bucket. It was, think about this way, all year long, all the things that people were doing in Israel, all their their sin, all the things that that were getting in their way with their relationship with God and with each other. All the the things that they, the habits that they had that weren't good, they were sinful, they were wrong. All the thoughts that they were thinking that they shouldn't have been thinking. All the actions that they had been doing, the behaviors, the patterns, the habits that were offensive to God, that were not pleasing to God and were hurting their relationship and connection with God and even each other. All the things that they should have done and didn't do. All the things they did do That shouldn't do. It was like all year long, they were filling up this bucket with stuff that was was wrong. It was bad. It was, uh, you know, their secret life of sin, as well as their public failures and frailties that were hurting God and other people all year long were getting in their bucket and they were carrying their bucket all year long, everywhere they go. You carry a chum bucket everywhere you go, it affects your entire environment. And God was giving them the day of atonement to say, I want to clean out your bucket. I want a fresh start. But those 10 days were days of reflection on what they've been putting in their bucket, what was going on in their life, where they were spending 10 days looking back at the past year and saying, what's inside of me that I need to bring to God? What's in my bucket that I need to present to him? That on the day of atonement, it's all washed away and I can start new. God designed the calendar of Israel as a way of letting go and moving on with God, but also each other. The night before Yom Kippur is called Rev Yom Kippur. And one of the things that they were asked to do was often to do this, not only reflect on what they did that was offensive towards God, but that out of that disconnection and dysfunction, what did they do against their friends and family and others? And the day before Yom Kippur, they were meant to, to go to their friends and family and say, I'm sorry. Here's the things I did I shouldn't have done. Here's the things that I didn't do that I should, you know, all the stuff that hurt others, all the things that were inside, they were supposed to confess it and get it right. God was trying to help them get right with others before He he, he could fully bring their bucket to God and get a fresh start. Isn't that amazing? God wanted them to start the new year spending 10 days reflecting. Their offense before God and their reflection and also connection that through the atonement we can connect and get a fresh start with God. What would happen if our world lived this way? What would happen if we started every new year in reflection and connection with God? Well, I can't worry about the whole world. What would happen if God's people, the church, Black Rock, what would happen if we started our year? this way, in reflection and connection? What if we started our year by looking back at the last year and learning? One of the most powerful stories I've ever seen in my life of someone who did this with God well in a season of difficulty in his life is one of my uh, best friends. His name is Adrian. I'll give you uh, the short context. Uh, Adrian had uh, three kids, and his seven-year-old daughter, Jemima, got really sick. And in a few short days, she went from perfectly healthy to being in the hospital sick and then passing away. One of the toughest times in my life watching this happen, and obviously the most horrific time in Jemima's family and with my friend, Adrian. And after that week, and then we actually had a memorial service for her that was actually a really powerful testimony of God's goodness in her, in Jemima's life, and in their family in the time of, of Uh, of traumatic and horrifying events. And then we had the day that we buried Jemima. And then the next day, uh, Adrian and his family were going to go away for a few days just to recoup and try to refresh in, in a horrible time, as you can imagine. And I saw Adrian the day after we buried Jemima and we were handing him keys to a vacation house for them to get away. And Carrie, my wife, saw Adrian And he said, she said, Adrian, how are you doing? And he goes, I'm exhausted. She said, of course you are. He goes, well, no, I was up all last night. And she said, well, I can imagine that that would happen. And he said, no. Well, last night was different. He said, last night, before uh, I went to bed or try to go to bed, I said to Jesus, Jesus, will you walk me through the last week and a half, the last 10 days of the hardest 10 days of my life? And will you go back with me through every moment, every event, every part of that time that I missed where you were, Jesus? Will you walk me back through every horrific doctor's announcement to us, every horrible prognosis, even even the time when they said she's not going to make it and she's passed away. Will, Will you walk me back through these 10 days and show me everywhere that you were there for me and I missed you? Every time you wanted to comfort me or care for me or speak to me or draw me, every time that I might have been tempted to believe a lie about the situation or even about you, God, that you were there whispering to me and I missed it. I want to walk back through the hardest week of my life, the most painful week of my life, because I want to see where you were in it, God. I want to process it with you. It was Adrian's way of saying, I don't want to get anchored to the worst, most grievous week of my life in an unhealthy way. I want to grieve in a healthy way, but I want to do it with you, Jesus. I want to do it together with you. I want to walk back through all of that pain to see where you were and what you wanted to be for me. You didn't just want to move on with a life without being able to process what Jesus was doing and let go of certain parts of that. Isn't that amazing? That's an obvious huge example of what God, I think, is calling us into in learning how to let go. Isn't just as Paul was saying, forgetting what's behind. It wasn't Paul saying, if I want to deny it all or just move on or just run towards what's ahead. There's a time in our life where we need to process with Jesus, with God, the things that we are walking out of in order that we can let go of that with him so that we can move on with him. I was also in a particular time in my life where I knew one chapter was closing and another was beginning. I didn't know how long that was going to take it. It took a lot longer than I thought it was going to. But when the Lord said that the chapter was closing, uh, I was both relieved and ready to move on. And I remember one day sitting in a coffee shop with my journal and the Lord said, I want you to write down everything that you've learned over the past five years. I want you to write down all the lessons that I've been teaching you sometimes through the difficulty, sometimes through a circumstance that you're ready to move on from, Kevin. I want you to to write down everything that you've learned and that you're forming with me. And I did. It took a long time and it wasn't fun. But can I tell you, part of letting go of the last season is knowing what God has been forming in you and in me for the next season. Did you catch that? Sometimes it's part of letting go of the past, is running back into the past like 10 days of awe, where we're reviewing everything that's happened and what God wants to show us in it, what God's been forming us, what God has been training us and teaching us in those past seasons, getting that with Him so that we can walk into the next season, not anchored to the past, but launched into the future with all the lessons that God has for us. These are those. Things. These are the things that God is forming us that God will use to help us move on and move forward. These are the things that will help us not to get stuck or anchored to past seasons, which can happen, but to launch us into the future that God has for us. These are the lessons that can be the seedbed for spiritual fruit and maturity in the days of head. Like Paul in verse 14, he says, I press on. I haven't obtained all the connection and closeness and deep intimacy I have with with Christ yet. I wanna know him more. I wanna connect with him more. I wanna grow in him more. I'm not there yet, but I'm focused. I wanna press on to the end of the race. I wanna press on. I wanna let go and move on. But he starts with this this one thing I focus on Jesus. I'm focusing on the goal that's ahead. And for Paul, the goal, the prize, wasn't just getting to heaven, looking forward to that time. It was actually Paul's goal, his prize, was Jesus here and now. It was Jesus. His goal was, I want to get closer. I want to draw deeper. I want him to know me better and me to know him better. I want an intimacy and a maturity and a fruit that comes with knowing God in the past and in the present, and then focus on where he's leading us to go that's the challenge i have it's the same challenge that paul has let's move on let's let go let's learn from what was let's get our buckets empty the cool thing is is that so the first challenge i have for us in moving forward is this keep your eyes on the prize the prize is jesus not just getting to heaven or getting into 2021 the prize is walking and living and walking and and, and knowing jesus more like paul says the cool thing is is, is we don't have a bucket anymore. I, I do love the fact that God had a process in the past, but we don't have to wait an entire year. We don't have to wait 365 days to get our bucket emptied because we don't have to wait for a high priest. We have a high priest. His name is Jesus. We don't have to wait for a sacrificial uh, goat or ram or, or lamb. Jesus was our sacrificial lamb. He paid for all of our sins. He atoned for all of our sins, past, present, and even future sins. We don't have to wait an entire year to get our bucket clean. We can get right with Jesus. We can have a fresh start every single day. I think it's really good that we get to look back and see all the things that God may have taught us. We get to look back and say, where did I blow it? Where did I get it right? Where's sin in my life? How have I messed up with other people? We don't have to do that, though, to get right with God in the sense of his forgiveness because Jesus already paid the price. We can just now go through the process knowing that our bucket's cleaned out to say, how do I walk this out better with you, Jesus, this year? So that's the challenge. Keep your eyes on the prize, knowing that every day, every minute, we have a fresh start in Jesus forever. Second thing is this, reflection and connection. Can you set some time aside, maybe before New Year's or in the first 10 days of this New Year, can you set some time aside to reflect on this past year? It's just a a year none of us really want to reflect on. There's a lot of us who have lost things. Maybe some of us were planning on weddings that we couldn't have, graduations we couldn't celebrate, things that we wanted to do, travel that we wanted to do that we couldn't do. There there are probably hurts and losses and isolation and anxieties and stresses. There have probably been hurtful habits and patterns that we've been working through for years, but especially this year, seem to come up. Can I encourage us that there are probably sins that we, in patterns of sin and habits and behavior and things that we need to process with the Lord before we run to 2021, which we all want to do, maybe this year we start the year with reflection. And like Adrian, and like God had me do with my journal. Let's go back through it with Jesus. Let's invite him into those times of quarantine or loss or grieving. Let's go back to those times where we know there were some things we should have done that we didn't do, where we know that we, there were some thought patterns and thinking and behavior and actions that are offensive to God and we're sinning. We know it's covered in Christ, but maybe we can go back through with Jesus and say, Jesus, what do I need to learn? What do you want to show me? What do you want me to grow in? What lessons do you want me to take into 2021? And what do you want me just to let go and leave behind so I can press forward this year into you? Maybe you can take some time to do that with Jesus. Maybe grab a journal like I did. Maybe grab some time and reflect. Maybe a sleepless night that keeps you from being stuck in 2020. Third thing, we often do this, right? Make goals. Make some goals. Make some goals this year to look forward of going, how do I need to do it different this coming year than I did in the past year or maybe past years? You know, there's fitness goals and, and things like that, travel goals. But let's reflect on what Paul's goal was, the prize that he was running towards. It's Jesus. Can I tell you, if we get that goal right, if we focus like Paul on that thing this year, other things really fit into place a lot better. They are a lot better because he's with us in this. Why don't you make some goals to help you with the goal of connecting and knowing Christ better? This coming year, we're going to start at the end of January. You're going to hear more about it with Pastor Steve next week and in the weeks ahead. In the end of January, we're going to begin a new series called Being Like Jesus. And can I encourage you, maybe take some time before we start that series to spend some time preparing our hearts in the new year to say, Jesus, I want to become more like you. I want to know you more. I want to grow closer to you more. I want to not just do, I want to be connected with you in a better way. Maybe this is the time this year where we reflect and prepare our hearts to reach the ultimate goal of becoming more like Jesus. I just want to pray for us now. Lord, I ask that this year, 2021, would be a better year. We don't know what circumstances hold, but we know the one who holds our circumstances. And I ask Jesus that we would walk this next year with you, that we would let go of last year with you, that we could let go and move on and move towards you. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you, Black Rock. I pray that these next few days, the last few days of 2020, would be time of connecting with Jesus. May you know him more. May you connect with him in an increasing way. May you know that your bucket is empty through the name and the blood and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who sacrificed himself because he loves you. Bless you and have an amazing year.